The Diesel Performance Podcast contains explicit language. Thank you for joining us again. This is Paul Wilson. And I'm Danny Voss. And you know you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Uh, Danny, lately we have just been rocking it out. Diesel perform or I'm sorry, Diesel Power Challenge with Diesel Power Magazine going on there in Colorado. Been yeah. cranking out some episodes over here. Uh, hope you guys all have had a chance to jump in and listen to some of the competitors. We will have more of those as we continue on. Yeah, it's been a behind the scenes look at what the drivers are up to and what's going through their head. Yeah, you know, usually we have to wait for some of the Facebook updates and the little kind of tidbits we get throughout it. But, of course, this year they actually did the live broadcast, the Facebook live broadcast uh, sponsored by Flea. So that was really, really cool for everybody to be able to see what's going on. I've been watching at work. Don't tell Nick. I've been sneaking it in. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. (laughs) For sure. It's been on my phone or the computer just about the whole time. Uh, So that's been a lot of fun. Big thank you to KJ uh, for getting us hooked up with being able to interview some of those guys. We also are going to have McCoy Black. And, of course, we'll have Charlie Keeter back on here very soon soon oh yeah uh, they're laying it down them boys yeah they actually those episodes might post before this who knows yeah if you haven't heard them go and listen they're up on the page for sure and then of course calibrated power duramax tuner killing it as always this is the busy season guys so if you're looking to get something done with your duramax with your cummins with your john deere with your case whatever diesel vehicle you're you're behind we want to help. Uh, the phones are on. Everybody's available. You should still see about a one- to two-day turnaround time on just about everything over there. And it's free to call and find out what we can do to your unit. Absolutely. Of course, you can ask for me, Paul Wilson, at extension 2122. Or you can ask for me, I'm Danny, extension 2124. And you can reach any of us at 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. Let's talk about your diesel. Uh, now that we've paid the bills, Danny, we're back on point. Yeah. Danny claimed, so a little while ago we were in the office, and Danny claimed he was the best drag racer and would race anybody. In the office. In the office. Yeah. In the office. I brought it up at the UCC when we were broadcasting live. I made Danny throw out a challenge to all of the competitors. Um, everybody was too busy <laughs> to race him, and he didn't have anything to drive, so there was really no point there. But we recently had our local drag strip put on the uh, diesel days. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it. Had some family stuff going on. Yeah. But, Danny, it's in your neck of the woods. You rolled down there, huh? I have gone to every diesel drag pretty much since it started in Byron. I helped uh, originate the uh, diesel drags in Byron, so it's kind of something that I have to do, I feel. Okay. Um, it's been a lot of fun to be a part of that through the five, six years or so that we've uh, been doing the show, basically. There's two events a year, one in the spring, one in the fall for the farmers. So if you missed it, you know, and one of them, you can find a way to get there. <laughs> it's funny to me that I bring up this specific weekend. You, you spend a lot of time talking about other things because you know this question is driving at, Danny, did you win? And if, if so, where's the trophy? And if not, what the fuck? Well, that's why we have a special guest with us today. Uh, we have uh, Mr. Nick Cannon. How are you, sir? Pretty good. How about you guys? We're doing great, Nick. We're doing great. When I heard Danny wanted to bring you on, I don't think he realized I was going to spend the whole episode ridiculing him <laughs> and making you sound like a professional. Hey. Um, so this is an easy interview for you, bud. Well, I think I'm far from a professional. I mean, it really, sometimes it just comes down to luck, you know, in your position in the day. You know, sometimes you win, obviously you win some, you lose some. You know, it all depends on, I mean, there's so many different factors in drag racing, you know, between your reaction time, the weather changes, uh, you know, your vehicle you're running, your combination, your traction. I mean, it, it, some of the best, just they just they can lose them. 
you know, in a matter of seconds. So. I, I hear you there, and that is a very humble response from somebody who took first place in an extremely surprising vehicle at the drag races. Now, a, a few things here. One, Nick, thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate you taking the time out of your day to talk well, to us. Thanks for and having me. Absolutely. Not a problem at all. Um, so, number one, Danny, you were down there racing your personal truck. Yeah, I was racing uh, an 06 regular cab LBZ. I was uh, just trying to keep it consistent that day. I was Built trans, Built stock, trans turbo, stock turbo, basic stock supporting fuel. mods. You betcha. Yeah. I can run a 1250 in it, no problem. But that day I was dialing in at a 1390 um, to try to stay consistent. 1390, trying to stay consistent. Now, when we talk about consistency, it's because at this particular drag event, it's bracket racing. So what bracket racing for somebody who's new to, to racing, you know, so you understand, you give the the sponsor, you give the event people your time, your ET. So Danny put in a 1390. So that means he is not going to run faster than a 1390. He, he's estimating his time to be exactly a 1390. Now, if somebody like Nick Cannon rolls up in an 85 IDI, power stroke next to you <laughs> what what et did, did you have on a saturday uh, or sunday i dialed a 21.6 so a that's quite a bit slower 1.6 <laughs> 21 much much slower a second is slow like if you're off by a second you are slow in drag racing if you're off by seven seconds it's like a totally different fucking vehicle which i love by the way this this really got me going okay so how bracket racing works is because Nick has a 21 and Danny has a 13, just for round numbers. That means Nick gets to leave. Now it's eight seconds before Danny gets to leave. So the idea is at the end of the track, they should be crossing the finish line at the exact same time if they both are running their exact ET. Gentlemen, you both race more than I do. Would you say I have described bracket racing accurately? Uh, Yeah, for the most part. Also your reaction time because you want to get the best reaction time and then when you... The best package is to have a perfect reaction time and run right on your dial, which is extremely hard. And that's exactly where I lost the race was my reaction time. You can you can tank the race before you even start it, you know, basically, or you can lose it at the end at the yeah. stripe. It, it's off the lights, so it, it's it's not off when you cross the start line. It's off it's off when the light goes green. So that means your reaction time is counting against you, right? When you when you dial in an ET, that's just that's time you're not moving on the track. So right. the thing that, that killed me was my reaction time. I ha- I was sleeping at the light, Paul. I uh, I ran a point three two seven reaction time where Nick was a point two three nine, and that affected me big time. But you were talking about the time that I had to sit there and wait for my tree to come al- to life. Yeah, I had to wait what six seven seconds. It felt like an eternity. So I'm sitting there at the light, spooled a little bit. You know, I got a little throttle, a little break, and I'm holding it. And I, my goal was not to red light against Nick because I knew that Nick's got a lot of experience. He's not going to red light. So me waiting there that long, I didn't want to jump the tree. And uh, I actually I actually intended to be a little bit behind the tree just so I don't red light. And I think I went too far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd say, I'd say you missed your calibration mark on that one. By a tenth of a second. Okay, okay, so... So first of all, obviously Nick won. Nick won first place for the whole for the yeah. whole event. He killed it in this slow, old, non-turbo diesel truck. Mm-hmm. But it was yeah. fucking awesome. I just want to say that, like, it really was fucking awesome. <laughs> Nick, <laughs> we mentioned you have some experience in in diesel. Tell us how'd you get your start in diesel performance? Uh, well, I'm not as big into diesel as other people. We uh, 
we have another Duramax. It's basically just a tow vehicle. We go drag racing pretty much every weekend. I I, well, I currently race a junior dragster. Uh, this will be my last year in that. Um, and I'll be moving up to, we got some door cart, you know, just have the bracket cars I'll probably end up running. But uh, as far as the other Duramax, we have, I mean, we tune it up a little bit. We're not too crazy with it just because just want a consistent tow vehicle. But, you know, I've always been interested in all kinds of different drag racing. Diesel's pretty cool because, you know, big black smoke and loud and it's just, you know, just cool. And how old are you, Nick? Uh, I'm 18. 18 years old. I got whooped up on by a, a high school graduate, which is awesome. I, I think the world yeah, I, that you did that because of your experience um, before the race in the pits, everybody, there was some talk ki- about you, Nick. Everybody, all the other drivers were coming up to me saying, do you know that guy uh, has a fire suit on right now and he's got a lot of experience? And I go, yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Back up, back up, back up. Nick, were you wearing a fire suit in a 21-second truck? Uh, well, actually, I was wearing fire pants at Tech. They said they wanted me to wear pants, so when borrowed uh borrowed some a fire suit or you know pants and swore that <laughs> at tech they looked at your truck it was like hey listen man we, this thing's definitely gonna break the you fuck can't, down you can't wear shorts i think that's what he's talking about <laughs> they didn't want us to wear shorts yeah. but you intimidated a lot of guys wearing those pants because they all came up to me saying danny i don't know what you got yourself into here i hope you know that you lined up next to uh, a junior dragster a junior dragster so tell us a little bit about that uh, well, it's a, uh, mine's a 790 car, which is the fastest in the junior dragster category. Uh, you can run 790 from 13 to 18 years old and, um, 798th mile, which is around 85 miles an hour, which doesn't seem fast, but faster than I your mean, IDI in a quarter. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, I, th- I think it's like a, it's like a 1.4, 1.3. 5 or 1.3 uh 60 foot so it it launches pretty hard that is ripping dude that's a rocket i mean 85 miles an hour if you've never seen a junior dragster it's a fucking pencil with a seat and a wheel on it like there's there's (laughs) nothing to them man they're (laughs) tiny that's about it yeah paul breaks it down how much like 380 holy shit yeah well that's without driver right it's a one one cylinder engine burns alcohol 42 millimeter carburetor. I mean, thing thing runs at like 8200 RPM. So. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, I love that. Okay, and how long have you been doing it? Uh, I've only been doing it, um, I think, since I was 13 or 14. So only a few years. You know, some they actually have slower juniors for. Uh, you can actually start them at five years old now, where they're a lot slower and you don't compete with anybody. But once you're six years old, you could jump right in and start competing with people and winning races oh my god i know what my kid's doing six years from now junior drinks <laughs> we'll have uh well well hold on now danny let's back up a little yeah. bit you were talking about how much experience nick has yeah. and how nick he's a he's a dragster and he's got all this passes you grew up next to the drag strip I you've did. been drag racing longer than the last four years probably and that's that's when he got into it was yeah. four years ago mm-hmm so you did not. So you keep saying, "Oh, he had so much experience," but like he just beat you. Don't don't take away from his win by saying it was because he was more experienced. Oh, when I went up to the late, I knew Nick knew what he was doing. That was one big thing. I feel like he was just waiting for me at the finish line so he could just barely cross it and win. How much? How much did you get him by, Nick? Uh, I don't have the time slips with me, but 
what I did actually is I, I knew I beat him at the lights because when he launched, I kind of looked back and just kind of judged it by, you know, how far I was and how fast he was coming up, up on me. Yeah. So I actually tapped the brakes a little bit just to ensure I wouldn't break up break out but so to answer your question I I have my I have our time slip right in front of us I dialed in at a 1390 I ran a 1399 you dialed in at a 2160 you ran a 2170 (laughs) holy shit now I actually beat your dial in but you got me on the reaction time that's why I lost the race I I love that he had to hit the brakes in a 21 second truck. Oh yeah. Can I just say that? That's <laughs> And l- let me go back to what you were saying. You only know how to do that from experience. If you don't know what's going on and oh, yeah, you yeah. know, you don't know how to drag race, you'll bracket. never want you'll never know when to hit these brakes. Drag racing when anytime you're in a bracket, whether it's an index class or just straight up bracket racing, it's it's a a learned skill that you can only learn through experience. And you cannot teach somebody to know that feeling or to have that judgment. You have to go out there and put down passes. Nick, if we got somebody who's new or somebody who's young and they want to get into drag racing, what kind of advice do you have for them? Uh, big thing is practice. I mean, we used to go almost every other week, you know, up to Union Grove and go practice. You know, try different lights. I'd actually well, my sister, she's aged out, but she used to race juniors as well. We actually, we would run by each, you know, we would run, you know, we'd run each other and actually kind of look over and kind of judge each other where we're at. And then we look at our time slips and, you know, kind of start getting the feel on what they're running, what we're running and, you know, just kind of get a good feel of it. Another thing is, is like when you're bracket racing, if you're running someone around the same time, right when you launch, you want to look over and see if they're ahead of you, if they're ahead of you then they had a better reaction time. So you want to try staying as far out there as you can without breaking out. Right. So you kind of have to look at it like in the you know beginning at the end of the run. Okay, okay. So true. But, you you know, you don't, like you said, you don't just wake up and know this stuff. You have to be there. You have to lose these type of races to really have it instilled in your head. And I, honest to God... Uh, Nick, I'm not just saying this, but I feel like I'm a better drag racer after drag racing you. I will tell you that. I feel like I needed to step my game up and to practice more after I lost such a close race to you. Because any other year at the diesel drags, that would have probably put me in the top spot the way I was running that day. So congratulations on the big win. And that's not the only thing you won that day. The other award you won, there was over 85 entries, and Nick won the most unique diesel truck award for the whole day. What? Yeah. This truck is no... It, it's a looker, dude. It what? looks awesome. Tell us about the truck, Nick. Uh, it was a 1985 F-250. Actually, it was a California truck, so I uh, I get the you know the nice part of it. There's no like frame rust or anything, but uh, it was actually in the family, and... Uh, we brought it down to Texas for my sister, and then we brought it back up here. And uh, it's a bone stock, you know. Well, actually, the motor and trans were rebuilt like 5,000 miles ago. But, I mean, the thing's got 95,000 miles on it. thing's bone stock. You know, it's. I have to say, I think actually having it naturally aspirated, I think it makes it more consistent because you're not relying on as much weather changes and losing traction and spooling it up and stuff. What are the challenges of racing something like that? Uh, well, it 
it's a lot slower, so you kind of have to just kind of just kind of have to deal with it. You know, I'm used to racing the junior, which is a lot faster, so it does get taken used to. But you know, that day I was like, you know what, the diesel racer going on. I feel like going out and racing, and drove out there and entered and hope for the best. Have you been out with that truck before? Do you have a lot of seat time in it, like at the track? No. No, that's just my daily driver. I've never raced that. That was the first day I raced it. Danny, this is making you look worse and worse. The more Nick talks, the worse your skill appears. I'll tell you, you have to be there to compete. (laughs) You have to be there. You have to show up. That's half the battle is showing up. And that's something that a lot of guys didn't do. This guy jumped in his... This guy literally just is like, man, fuck it. I feel like racing today. Yeah. Jumps in this old ass. I mean, this thing's 30, 33 years old, 32 years old. This truck is 30. He jumps in his 32-year-old truck and is like, man, fuck it. I've never raced it before. I'll just jump in it and see what happens. How many How many uh, test and tune passes did you take, Nick? Uh, I think I made three. I got there kind of late. <laughs> three fucking passes. And he smokes the whole class. How many people yeah. were bracket racing? Was it forty? Uh, I believe trucks? there were seven. Yep. Oh, just seven. seven? I had to buy, yeah, I had the buy run first round. Oh, you got the buy run. <laughs> oh, you got the buy run and buy run. Well, <laughs> that's pretty cool. You deserve it, probably. Um, I'll tell you. <laughs> but let me talk about your last race. Let's he, hear it. He raced against a guy, a guy named Kyle Engel. Kyle Engel has a badass. LML truck with a hood stack. Yeah. 420s. This thing was running like 1240s all day, consistent, right on the dot. And I would have been nervous to, I was, if I won my race, uh, I would have had to race Kyle. And Kyle, I mean, he is no slouch when it comes to dray racing. Tell us about that race. Oh, that was a pretty uh, close race, too. Actually, by uh, the finish line, I think they said it was a 19 inch margin of victory. Oh, my God. So, for racing a really slow truck versus a pretty fast truck, it was that was a pretty close race. Is it not just fucking nerve wracking after the eighth mile, where like your foot's on the floor and you're like, God damn, if this thing could just do eighty five mi- or eighty eight miles an hour, I'll change like total time zones here, right? Like just praying for it and uh, just watching your mirror. I'd imagine like what else do you do when you're when you're that far out? I mean, you're watching your mirror half the track, aren't you? Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. I was just looking back, you know, seeing if he was actually going to make it down the track or not. I was like, <laughs> man, I don't know if this guy's actually going to come, you know. Oh, that is so cool. That is so cool. So what's next for you? What's what's your next plan in diesel performance? Is that it? Or are we just going to drive the IDI? Uh, no, I don't think so. That's just kind of a daily. You know, if I end up selling more of my stuff and making some more money, I'll probably get into like a built Duramatch or something, but... I, I typically try keeping them like a lot of the fast stuff to, for the track, you know, because it's a little bit cheaper and you don't have to blow stuff up out of my daily or something. Sure, I love it. Well, Nick, it definitely sounds like you got a good head on your shoulders. Congratulations! Yeah. Congrats. I appreciate you coming on the show and helping me pick on Danny. I really, <laughs> really get a kick out of it. All right. Well, thanks for having me. I hope to uh, see you guys out at next uh, the fall diesel race. Absolutely. We'll you know, there. we'll be there. Guys, thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Uh, Again, if you need anything for your diesel trucks, turbos have been huge lately, Danny, with the Stealth 64 line. Can't even keep them in stock, Paul. Yeah, LB7, LLY, LBZ, LMM, LML, all of the Duramaxes, not the L5P yet. 
And then, uh, of course, we also have them for pretty much 03 to 2009 Cummins. We have Stealth 64s in stock for those as well. So if you guys need turbos, tuning, tractor tuning, anything else, give us a shout, 815-568-7920. Thanks so much for listening. Calibrated Power Solutions, the leading North American developer of clean diesel power and home of DuramaxTuner.com, is the proud sponsor of the Diesel Performance Podcast. Calibrated Power develops emissions-equipped tunes for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, Jeep, John Deere, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out CalibratedPower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. To reach out to the Diesel Performance Podcast, send us a message through Facebook, or email Paul at DuramaxTuner.com or Danny at DuramaxTuner.com. Uh, hold on, hold on, back up, back up, back up. Nick, were you wearing a fire suit in a 21-second truck? Uh, well, actually, I was wearing fire pants. The tech, they said they wanted me to wear pants, so I went and borrowed, uh, borrowed some a fire suit or, you know, pants and swore that. <laughs>